And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show, OutofLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Our featured guest was in a documentary called Plandemic, which was raising questions about coronavirus, masks, and lockdowns. And it was repeatedly removed from YouTube, Twitter, and as many other websites as you can possibly think of. I know I uploaded it about four or five times, and they kept on taking it down. I'm going to read this quote to you. Pay attention to any content that is censored. It almost always indicates a threat to those in power and knowledge you will likely need to know. Truth does not require censorship. However, lies depend upon censorship of the truth. Why are they censoring any information that questions the current narrative? There are a lot of questions that come to my attention about what's going on. One of them is Bill Gates. Why is an unelected official, a software developer who has no medical background whatsoever, telling the world when we can go back to normal? Who the hell is he to say when we can go back to normal or not? He has this plan. He wants to vaccinate the entire planet. And everyone's just kind of going along with it. Oh, yeah, sure. Nodding our head. No one gives us a thought. No one finds it strange. The thing I find really strange is that there are other doctors who are coming out questioning this current narrative. And as soon as they come out, they're immediately dispersed as quacks and they're removed. It's like digital book burning. So there is a concerted effort among social media platforms to not present this information, I wouldn't be surprised if this show gets censored. Why is this so important? Because this is something that is impacting millions, if not billions of lives. I mean, jeez. I don't know where you are, but let's, let's ask a couple of questions to ourselves, okay? Why is the world locking down for a virus it has a 99.9% survival rate. Why? If these masks do indeed work, the vast majority of people are wearing them, then why are the cases going up? If the six feet of social distancing is enough to protect you from getting the virus, then why are people still being asked to wear masks? I mean, could this increase in tests and these uh, cases be a result of a lot more people getting regularly tested as opposed to gathering with other people. I mean, people, you're demonized for having Thanksgiving with your family. You're demonized for, you know, going out and spending Christmas with your family. How dare you? How selfish can you be? This is a sickness. Okay? If this virus attacks a weakened immune system, then why aren't we being regularly informed about ways that we can strengthen our immune system? We're all we're told is, no, you have to take this vaccine, this rush vaccine. That's the only thing that'll stop this. No, not vitamin D, not vitamin D, not vitamin C, not zinc, not exercise, not de-stressing, none of that stuff. This, 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 this 
warp speed vaccine. That that's the way to do it. Are you asking any questions about the PCR tests? It was created 37 years ago, and it is being used to test if someone has the virus. Are you aware how this process works? Are you aware of how many false positives this test has? Also, have you ever gotten a PCR test in the past to see if you're carrying another virus? Let's talk about the vaccine. Everyone's in this rush to get this vaccine. Bring on the vaccine, all pumped up and excited about it. Well, what are the ingredients of these new vaccines? Do you know what they are? Would you take this vaccine if you were allergic to one or more of the ingredients? Are you aware that you have no legal recourse at all against any of these pharmaceutical companies if you experience a severe injury or even death? Here's something I don't know if you're aware of, but in the November 17th edition of the Journal of the Medical, American Medical Association, a peer-reviewed study found that 85% of large pharmaceutical films surveyed had paid penalties and most had engaged in illegal activities for four more years. But you, you want to go out and get that vaccine. You trust the pharmaceutical companies. Okay. Maybe this is something that's supposed to take a lot of people off the planet. Maybe this is just one of those things where a certain part of the species, this is their exit strategy. I don't know. But for those of us who love freedom, for those of us who wish to remain on Earth and experience life and freedom the way it's meant to be. What is happening right now is a direct threat to that. So I'm going to present to you a perspective on how the minority of people on the planet see this. this these are the people that are not entrenched in fear 24-7. We see it like a majority of our fellow citizens, our fellow brothers and sisters, are in a brainwashed cult. We know they're afraid. We know they're doing anything they can. We know they think this is about a virus. But it is not about a virus. It is about tyranny. It is about control. I mean, every time you see these governors or these mayors issuing these lockdown orders, which are completely unconstitutional, every time they issue that, we, have, we always see pictures of them defying their own orders, eating out. Okay? It's about control. The people in the minority on this planet, we see how the human mind can be hijacked. Your brain can be programmed. That's why affirmations work. You may not be able to change a person, but if you change the environment and you repeat information over and over again, you can transform how people think. I mean, can you believe a year ago we used to walk around without masks on and if people were sick, maybe they stayed at home, maybe they went out with a cold, but now all of a sudden we're, we're in this perpetual state of fear? It's also part of the human nature. Part of human survival is that you want to adapt to be part of a tribe you mimic the behavior of what others are doing in order to, to fit in. So there's that part of it. But then you have to take a stand. You got to start asking questions because the future and fate of humanity is literally at stake right now. Do you want to live in a future where you're wearing a goddamn diaper on your face for the rest of your life? Where you, you can't see your family, your friends, you're, you're discouraged from gathering around with people that you have to take it. An un, you know, tested vaccine, well, largely untested vaccine. What they tested it on, what, 44,000 people? They say, yeah, we rushed this thing out. But what about long-term testing? What about years of testing? Do you want that? Do you want to have to take a, you know, this vaccine before you go to school, before you travel? Who knows what kind of long-term effect that's going to have? Do you want to live in a world where you're told 
where you're where when you can go that you have to lock down that you can't do certain things i mean we are in george orwell's 1984 right now and you got to be able to see that you have to see it because if you don't wake up now you're never going to wake up we need people to start thinking critically we need people who are courageous because if we don't have them right now then humanity can just go right the hell away i don't know about you but i'm going to stand for freedom to the very end because that's all i know and I hope you'll stand with me. And I hope you'll stand with your other brothers and sisters. And taking a stand like this, it's not going to make you popular. It may make you ostracized. It may make you exiled. But who wants to be with the majority if the majority is going off a cliff? If the majority is naive, if the majority is not looking for life for what it is right now, let us begin tonight's show. It is a great honor to welcome to our show today Dr. Judy Mikovic. She is author of a book called Play of Corruption. She's a biochemist, by PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology. And she's probably known her from this film called Plandemic. She's one of the most outspoken people in the world today talking about raising questions about coronavirus, about vaccines, about masks. Obviously, she is raising a substantial amount of awareness because a lot of people want to silence her. Dr. Judy, thank you for all that you do, and welcome to our show. Thanks so much, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. All right, so can you please tell us a little bit about your background and what you've come to the realization of what coronavirus actually is in your perspective? Uh, sure. Um, well, my background is uh, in 1980, I got a undergraduate degree from the University of Virginia, a degree in chemistry with um, a specialization in biology. I went directly from the University of Virginia to the National Cancer Institute in Frederick, Maryland to um, um, basically purify natural products and biologicals um, as therapeutics for cancer. Um, from there, I went to the Biological Response Modifiers Program, also at the National Cancer Institute. Uh, it's a translation. It was a translational um, biology medicine program where PhDs, PharmDs, doctors, technicians like myself um, all worked together to heal some of the most challenging um, infectious diseases and cancer in, in our time, uh, which included at the time HIV, AIDS. Um, at the time in 1983, when I joined that program under the direction of Dr. Francis um, Rossetti, who um, was the um, really co-discoverer of um, the first human disease-causing retroviruses. These are RNA viruses. HIV is one of them that cause, um, that are associated, strongly associated with um, causing acquired immune deficiencies. So my entire career in 1991, I got a PhD in biochemistry and molecular biology from George Washington University. And my PhD was um, essentially said that HIV doesn't have to cause AIDS. Um, if you um, prevent the disease by um, treating the immune system, um, strengthening the immune system. So um, essentially my entire 30-year career, 40-year career now. Sorry, I'm getting old. <laughs> Thank God I'm getting you old. Have a young spirit. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> yeah, my entire 40-year career has been um, uh, the, based on a, a single hypothesis that we can educate the immune system to prevent and treat infectious disease and, and cancer, acquired immune deficiencies and dysfunction and cancer, which would include autoimmune diseases and deficiencies and dysfunction because you don't you don't de- um, you don't develop autoimmunity against yourself um, if your immune system is healthy. When it comes to coronavirus, is something that is as deadly as they make it out to be? I mean, is it really serious? Because people, I mean, they they have it on the news twenty four seven. Oh, this is serious and this is deadly. This is a plague. This is something that could wipe out you know so many people. And they say the death toll is getting higher and higher all the time. From your perspective, is this something that people should be afraid of or generally be concerned about? Well, absolutely not. The the SARS-CoV-2, which means severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus 2. So the original coronavirus back, um, you know, the original SARS coronavirus, um, severe acute respiratory syndrome associated, not causative, coronavirus back in 2001 caused a severe upper, was associated with a severe upper respiratory infection that in fact could be lethal in, in a significant number of people who got it. But unlike predicted models um, early in the so-called epidemic of SARS-CoV-2, and and it's been purported as the causative agent of COVID-19, and absolutely not. This is a total lie fabrication. Um, In order to be a causative agent of COVID-19, everyone who has evidence of the infection has to get the disease. And we know 99.8% of the people with evidence of SARS-CoV-2 infection, which is also dubious because the tests that are being done don't detect. SARS-CoV-2 specifically, they detect the, uh, they could detect family members, other mild coronaviruses. Coronaviruses essentially um, cause the common cold. And so this is the big lie. COVID-19 has essentially nothing to do with SARS-CoV-2 infection. And, and we know that because there is no disease, no asymptomatic carriers are healthy people. COVID-19, the D in it means disease. And and therefore, if healthy people don't have a disease. So this is this is the biggest lie. And it's literally a crime against humanity as millions or um, have been um, lives have been destroyed by the lie that is COVID-19. So for somebody listening, they may say, well, how can you say this is a lie? Or false because they're going to come back and they're going to say, well, aren't all these hospitals overrun? Are we hearing reports every day about the ICU beds being overrun? They're being filled with this. There's something about it that doesn't make sense to me, but I'll, I'll let you answer that. I'm just curious as to why they're saying it's so. Well, they come to the conclusion. N- n- no, um, you know, a lot of this lie is based on a polymerase chain reaction, a diagnostic test being used for evidence of infection, which in fact only detects a a small fragment of 
any family of coronaviruses, and that fragment does not represent infectious virus. So number one, it's based on that lie. So cases aren't people in hospitals. And the people that are on the ground, meaning doctors, nurses, administrators, people who are actually in these hospitals, the hospitals aren't overrun at all. And this is the media, our our media um, fake news, perpetrating this crime and scaring people. Are people in hospitals with upper respiratory infections? Yes, that occurs every year. And in fact, in 2019 and 20, the Centers for Disease Control, the CDC, have out and out fabricated the number of flu cases. So what happens with the CDC? Each year, they take all causes of upper respiratory infection, whether they be bacterial or viral, and they list them under pneumonia, P&I, it's called, the letter P and the letter I, pneumonia and influenza. But that can, and and they call that flu season. An average year, about 80,000 people die in this country because, yes, the the elderly, um, the fragile, the immune compromised um, people like cancer patients, AIDS patients, they, we do have to protect them every year from upper respiratory infections. Um, But this year in 2019, 2020 flu season, which started October of last year, October of 2019, um, that flu season, the the CDC is reporting only 22,000 cases, um, literally five-fold fewer P&I, pneumonia and influenza flu this year. So somehow COVID-19 is such a super virus that SARS-CoV-2 that it's eradicated the flu in the world. Yeah, I Uh, did find that really strange. Yeah, cancer death, heart disease, you know, all causes of death, car accidents have gone down while these astronomical numbers are reported for COVID-19 and the and the. The um, uh, literally Tony Fauci, Deborah Burks, Robert Redfield, the Centers for Disease Control. If you go look at their numbers, actually, 270,000 people have died of PNI, um, which is five, four to five fold more than in 2019 and 20. Yes, there's a severe. Um, uh, flu season this year, and it's associated with uh, a heavily con- coronavirus contaminated batches of flu vaccine. And so wearing the mask, the flu vaccine, the lockdowns, so five th- times more people have died of flu, PNI this year, and the CDC has called 250,000 cases of those COVID-19. And it's a fabrication. Well, I want to come back to that with you for one second. But in terms of flu, yeah, I mean, the numbers are, are going down. And I wonder if that has something to do with the fact, well, maybe all these numbers for flu are going down because people are being much more careful. Maybe they're, they're being overly clean or they're, they're washing their hands a lot more. Why not that something to do with it? But it just seems strange that it's completely, nope. completely out. No, nope. and it's not. It hasn't gone down. 270,000 is what the actual number is. It's five times more because of people wearing the masks, um, people, the social distancing, people build immunity by coming in contact. 
People build immunity by being exposed to low doses, which because we've all been exposed to influenza and, and um, we have immunity, we, ain't, we make antibodies, we don't get sick when we're exposed, and that's actually immune boosting. I agree. Uh, I think it's good to be around people. When it comes to the PCR test, I was, I've been watching some videos by the creator, I think it's Carrie Mullins, who's talking about it and saying that it doesn't really test for any diseases, but yet they're utilizing this all the time. So what are people doing when they're going and they're getting the swab stuck up their nose? Like what, are they, what are they necessarily testing for? Like what does PCR actually um, just test for? Can it test for anything? Can it tell yeah. if you have anything? Yeah. Well, no, it is, it's a valuable test for research purposes. So, yes, the late Carrie Mullins, Nobel laureate Ford, devising that um, that test, that, that procedure, um, what it does is it amplifies fragments of viruses, fragments of genes that are, that are expressed or overexpressed. Um, and those fragments um, let you know um, in, in, the, uh, in research, um, you know, what kind of drug targets. So we've used, I've used um, PCR polymerase chain reaction in the laboratory, um, you know, since the early 80s when Carrie Mullis um, discovered it. And these are heat-stable enzymes that aren't present in our bodies that are able to amplify a single um, genetic sequence um, um, millions of times logarithmically so that you can detect what's present that normally would never be seen. So it's only, it's detecting something that's amplified millions of times, a fragment, not at all a virus. This is the problem. It's not a virus. It says nothing about, and it's not quantitative. It says nothing about viral load. It says nothing about, um, nothing about um, contagious virus. It only says a virus is there. And as Kerry Mullis himself said, it was never intended for diagnostics. And this is actually the first time ever, you know, how can you diagnose a disease um, when um, literally for a fragment of a virus that's never been shown to be infectious in a healthy person? So it doesn't say anything about infectious transmissional virus. And in fact, it doesn't even say you have SARS-CoV-2. And this is the whole thing. It says you might have SARS-CoV-2, but it actually, in this particular case, it, it, um, it will detect an endogenous retrovirus known as HERV-W, which, which is an, the envelope of that gene is a, a gene that everybody has. It's called syncytin that is important for a, a human placenta. And, and that gene is a, so the expression of that gene is associated with multiple sclerosis, cancers, a number of neuroimmune disease. So it's not the presence of the virus, it's the expression of the envelope protein and that envelope protein alone can be pathogenic which is decades of research that overlapped my research over the past 15 to 20 years okay so all these people they're getting these tests and they these you know you hear the media you hear the governors all the time saying oh well oh the, the tests are going up the, the record tests are going up so what are these people testing positive for i mean I, i'm they, I guess are they testing well, more people? Is that why these numbers are going up? Because they keep well, on saying the numbers are going up. You, you guys, you guys had family with your Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving dinner with your families. Now, now right. these numbers are going up. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're saying the cases are going up and they're 97% false positive because really? as I just said, you're detecting stress response genes. Do you know of anybody in 2020 who's not stressed? So no. you're just, you're, you're actually false positive. It's noise because it was, the test is not validated. If you do 40 cycles, 35 to 40 cycles in a PCR, you're essentially just detecting noise. That's something that looks like a piece of that virus, and it's not. And so this is cases are never, um, you know, the infection is not the disease. So the best example I can give you is there are millions of Americans walking around with HIV. They do not have AIDS. We never test healthy people and, and, and lock everyone down if they're HIV positive. In fact, it's against the law. It's against the law because of the plague of corruption that, and the plague of corruption that was committed against um, HIV-infected um, people, um, gays, IV drug users, um, prostitutes back in the 80s and Jeez. 90s. So the laws were changed by the by the advocacy groups act up. And that was what was so key about the film pandemic and how it plays through today. The last part of the first part of pandemic, uh, which was released on May 4th, was a picture that I remembered so vis vividly from my days in HIV research, where the activists were saying silence equals death. And we're right there right now. Silence equals death. If people who know these truths, like me, like like many, many, many doctors who whose careers and lives are, are being destroyed, um, as mine was, um, um, if if we don't say something, it will be all of humanity. This will be the biggest um, crime ever perpetrated against humanity worldwide. Um, one one of my colleagues, actually, um, Dr. Peter Bregan, um, actually called it um, global predators. These are global predators preying on preying on the poor, playing on preying on the weak, preying on on people of color, Hispanics, Blacks, Asians. This this is you know literally um, a, a crimes against humanity. So why would they do something like this? I mean, why would this have to be perpetuated? And, and also, every time I see or hear, hear Bill Gates, I get creeped out. I don't understand why this guy is out there talking about when people can sure. open up this is a guy who's a software developer he couldn't even keep viruses out of internet explorer and all this other. but yeah he's telling people in nations when they can open up so i don't know why he's even in the mix with this stuff why he's out there talking and why is this being perpetuated upon humanity why is why does this have to happen like why is this being done what is the end all be all game for this well the end all be all game um appears to be number one cover up of four decades of vaccine um, of, of these um, viruses being injected into humans by way of vaccines. 
And this is what Bill Gates has done around the world, supposedly under the term of philanthropy. Um, and again, yes, he has no medical expertise. He has no degrees. Um, this is, you know, simply, um, I don't even know money in his case. He's not he's not giving anything. There's no philanthropy. He's making billions, if not trillions of dollars. And people like Tony Fauci and, uh, and the, the um, heads of states, the WHO over in the UK, um, you know, these foundations and, and journals um, have, have, have literally um, been mixing animal tissue and aborted fetal tissue and injecting it into innocent people worldwide, you know, essentially everyone and calling it a vaccine. Um, and in fact, what we learned in 2011 was the risk of injecting, of having recombination events where you created new viruses that were in the vaccines and you don't need them to be infectious, contagious if you've injected them. So if you've injected coronaviruses as we do in every year's flu vaccines, whether it, because all animals have coronaviruses, so there, there we are, we grow vaccines, viral vaccines in particular. We have to grow them in cell lines, in animal tissues, which are continuous cell lines that are grown up in huge fermenters, um, either in, in even in insect cells. So we're oh. injecting insect things and bacteria and all kinds of things from animals into directly into the most vulnerable humans, the elderly, the, the infants, which have no immune defense, um, teenagers in puberty, the Gardasil vaccine is one there. Um, and we're literally causing cancers. So this is what our work in 2000, between 2009 and 11 revealed. Um, and this was the big, oh my God, we can't afford it. We've got to cover this up. It's absolutely horrible. When it comes to vaccines, I know some people will say, well, you know, how could you say this about all vaccines? Because, you know, vaccines, apparently they've helped a lot of people. They've saved lives. And they'll, they'll always cite to the polio vaccine that was developed. And I guess since that was that came out, the deaths have gone down dramatically. Are there, from your perspectives, have there been any vaccines that have been released to the public, even in small amounts, that have actually been beneficial to, from your knowledge and understanding? Or are all of them bad? Are all of them just kind of like, you know, that they're just meant to just market it correctly. And that's why people think they're good. Well, I'm, I'm simply going to talk about 21st century vaccines. Okay. You know, the, the, the theory and, and, and the reason is, is because that's the only thing that, that, that I have a great deal of knowledge about. I could, I could comment based on, you know, expert books that I've written uh, that have been written that I've read. Um, but that's not what I do. I, 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 um, I have simply, um, I'm, it's not my opinion, I'm, I'm reporting on the data I know. So in the 21st century, starting, let's just say starting in, um, in 1986, when all liability was removed from manufacturers disease of vaccines, when it was shown when, when you did inject um, cellular parts in the vaccine, so let's just take DTP, diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis. Um, it was there were many, many injuries, uh, devastating, catastrophic injuries and deaths. 
um, when you use DTP because what the pertussis part is the cellular debris that I just talked about in those cell lines was being injected along with the antigens, along with what you were supposed to develop immune response. And this was causing the serious inflammatory reactions along with the aluminum adjuvants, which adjuvants increase um, the power of the immune immune response and they actually cripple the immune system ultimately um, the aluminum and mercury ad- adjuvants are, are neurotoxins we know that now so in in 1986 when um, when when these when these lawsuits were being won in court um, in 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 huge settlements um, being done and, and all of this comes you can your audience can watch the movie 1986 the act so 1986theact.com, a movie uh, released um, uh, by uh, Dr. Andy Wakefield's um, company, I'd say about three months ago, maybe four. Um, and <clears throat> what's important about that um, is that all the what the pharmaceutical companies and and Dr. Fauci um, did was they went to the government. They went to um, then President Ronald Reagan. They went to Congress and they said, "You've got to protect these manufacturers against liability, or we won't make your vaccines, and everybody will die of diphtheria, tetanus, pertussis, whatever. We won't protect you." They they scared. <coughs> Five presidents, Jeez. literally, into into um, um, into um, in removing and and President Trump signed the bill, um, the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Act, which removed all liability and put it right at the heart of the government liability for vaccine injury. That program has paid more than four billion dollars since its inception, and what was toxic was leaving the cellular parts in. So, you know, so, and then the Centers for Disease Control, because there's no liability, because nobody has responsibilities for the injured. And the, the injured are, this, this court is one of the worst things, um, the most corrupt things I've ever experienced. And in the last decade, I can guarantee you. Right about you, it in I your book, it's incredible. But a play yeah. of corruption, by the way. I just want to give a like well, definitely going to mention at the end, but play of corruption, restoring faith in the promises of science. This is an amazing book, and it's got a forward by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. So, it's, it's so, pretty, it's, so these vaccines, and you mentioned polio. Well, growing polio in monkey kidney cells in monkey cells. What we know about the 21st century, any, you know, the only polio caused in this country in the 21st century is caused by the vaccine. And what did our Centers for Disease Control do? Oh, they renamed polio because it's not that enterovirus. It's not that strain of virus. They call it either acute flaccid myelitis or acute flaccid paralysis. And it's polio, clinically identical to polio caused by a different strain of virus, which acquired the ability to infect the brain because you injected the virus. You see, these things don't become contagious until you cripple the immune system of the person you're giving it to. And so uh, again, in the 21st century worldwide, 
the only polios caused by the vaccine. And that's clearly detailed in Bobby Kennedy's brilliant forward in, um, um, in, in um, Plague of Corruption. And the corruption of that vaccine court is the corruption in that vaccine court is is also clearly detailed in and we have it you know this is what i've learned over the last decade we support yes we so we were expert witnesses um in that vaccine court and we could show the very cytokine storms that you know the infections um sars-cov-2 is not covid19 what is covid19 the cytokine storm well we use the term cytokine storm in many expert opinions when we started doing this work from 2015 to 2019 and, um, and, and we showed the cytokine storm. We showed who was susceptible. And what should have been done is the susceptible should have um, not, you know, these, we showed that, that injecting animal tissues, that not cleaning up these vaccines, that not removing these animal viruses could cause disease in the most susceptible. But the government would have been liable for millions of dollars of injury from in the vaccine program and outside of the vaccine program because all liability was removed unless you identified a manufacturing defect. So what did our work do? Identify a manufacturing defect. You can no more longer make vaccines in animal cell lines and, or animal cells. That would include every flu vaccine in every year. You know, the, most of the cases in vaccine court in 2019 and 20 are influenza vaccines killing the elderly. And, oh, it looks just like COVID. Jeez, this is this is really twisted. Dr. Judy, I'm completely resigned to the fact that I would say a sizable portion of the people I know in my life are going to are going to die uh, if they take this vaccine. I just I believe it because uh, this one is being rushed, and this particular one. I know that others have had years of trial and error, and maybe people are having a different reaction to it. But I'm very concerned about this new COVID vaccine that, that's being rushed out there. People are like, they're, they're excited, like, oh, I can't wait to take it. I'm thrilled. And I don't know. Are you really concerned about this? I think you, I'm pretty sure I would watch one of your videos. You said that if they implement this and they say it's mandatory, that up to 50 million Americans could potentially die. Can you please um, talk about that and talk about your thoughts about this new vaccine that I guess, I guess came to conception and is released to market within a year? There's something about it that just doesn't seem right. Right. So this COVID vaccine, unlike all the vaccines we've just been discussing that are not safe, that are deadly in the in the wrong person. Remember, it's not everybody. It's the susceptible individual. Um, but again, in SARS-CoV-2 infection, 99.8 percent of the people are just fine if they're infected. So, um, you know, why, um, you only need to protect the most vulnerable. This new family of vaccines called mRNA, messenger RNA vaccines, what they've, they're not growing those in animal tissue. So they'll say, ha ha, you know, we're not growing them that way anymore. We fixed them, they're better. No, we've been trying to make mRNA vaccines since uh, my days in HIV because HIV is a, is an RNA virus, a, a type of RNA virus, and um, and and with SARS and with MERS, the Middle East res, uh, Respiratory Syndrome virus that's related to SARS-CoV-2 and, and the original SARS, we've been trying to do that for decades. 
And what we know is that, and, and, and I said before, yes, this will be the deadliest vaccine. This will kill tens of millions of people worldwide. And in particular, it will kill the six to 10% of America who already are carrying and susceptible because of the vaccine injury I mentioned before, the autoimmune disease, the cancers, the AIDS, um, HIV AIDS, the other kinds of acquired immune deficiencies, the gamma retroviruses that we showed came from mouse tissue and those cell lines in those vaccines. That was the work of our first book, Plague. Clearly. So here's, here are people. So 6% of America had evidence, strong evidence of infection of the gamma retroviruses when, when, when I was locked in jail and silenced and the, and this work disappeared from all of the journals, all of science. And they just simply said this crazy lady made it all up and we caught her and we've taken it out, but they recreated um, these, this, you know, disease, the diseases, and they're, um, they just simply called it COVID-19. So the people are dying are the cover-up of who was the 6% of healthy people walking around with injected um, um, retroviruses, coronaviruses, other viruses, but importantly, the what the messenger RNA vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, is expressing the pathogenic, the disease-causing envelope, it's called, that what the outer part of the virus, the spike part of the virus, which contains that gamma retrovirus that is syncytin, that is in our own body and regulated very tightly. So it's if you express that, you can cause multiple sclerosis, you can cause Bell's palsy, you can cause um, cancer, you can cause AIDS. Is this randomly or is this something that you can actually do that, that somebody you, you could type in a code that can give someone this? So if somebody gets this virus, if somebody gets the vaccine. That's what the vaccine is. You have taken the pathogenic part of the virus, its blueprint, its messenger RNA. You're injecting that into every cell of the body in a lipid nanoparticle, which in and of itself is that adjuvant, which explodes, creates that cytokine storm, your the parts of your immune cells, your macrophages, others just explode. And it's, it's literally like throwing a gasoline on a fire of anybody exposed. And we've seen that in the experiments. One of the terms is called antibody dependent enhancement. So if you've already been exposed to a coronavirus and you already make an antibody or made an antibody, um, this vaccine um, would be like lying in wait. You inject that, and, and the next time you're exposed to a coronavirus, which you could, which could be the flu vaccine, or any animal cell line vaccine, which could be polio vaccine, can be chickenpox vaccine, can be MMR, because they're all grown in animal cells. So the next time you're exposed, whether naturally or via a vaccine grown in, in a coronavirus-containing cell line, again, which is all of them, um, then you could die. Literally explode drive disease. And we know that. We know that from all the data. So it will be horrible, yes. Is, are you aware of any way that this 
particular vaccine can be utilized by uh, individuals to kind of like track where you are because I guess it's, it was some people say well it's conspiracy theory but then I, my understanding is that there's also technology that's patented that can actually be utilized to uh, transform whatever uh, thing is there in the vaccine remotely or they can use that to track you are you aware of that at all or is that something that's just well, we are told that I haven't been able and, and, and believe me, I've looked, we're not privy to the formulations. We are told that the vaccine we um, it carries what's called luciferase gene. That's the light um, um, that makes a firefly light up. So we use that gene in the laboratory. So in animal models and in some of the animal clinical studies with mice and the small mammals, that the hamsters, um, that gene shows where the vaccine is expressed, where the, the cell lights up. We see it in the spleen. So you can look at the papers and see that they've used that. Now, I have no knowledge that the, that the luciferase gene is in the um, um, is is in the actual um, mRNA vaccines that are being given to humans, but it was in the vaccines given to animals in order to track. This is what we do in the laboratory. We want to know which cells are expressing the virus because those are the ones you want um, to be protected. But again, this this is literally like giving the person the worst part of the disease and injecting it Jeez. in every cell of the body. Only pathogenic part of that virus is right there in that. So you're just injecting the pathogen. That's and crazy. If you wear a mask. Yeah, I know. And if you wear a mask and cripple your immune system, you know, the, the mask cripples because you become exposed to bacteria, you deplete your oxygen, you're breathing your own CO2, your own toxic waste. So you deplete your glutathione, <laughs> you deplete your frontline defenses, your type one interferons, and, and then you're more susceptible. So you're act actually, you could be shedding infectious viruses. That's and the flu vaccine is just as dangerous right here, right now, when people are wearing masks. So you will be shedding and you will actually be coughing um, deadly viruses and recombinants on people, including HIV, including HIV. People don't understand. We are going to see an explosion in HIV, HIV cases, which can lead to AIDS in the most susceptible. That's so horrible. And I'm so glad you brought up masks because once upon a time, this is going back a short time, I used to always wear a mask on the airplane. And the reason why I did it is because I didn't want to breathe in the same oxygen. I did, and I did it as a bit of a filter, but I, I, mean, I took it off as soon as I got off the airplane. And now people are wearing masks outside, when they're in the cars, when they're jogging. I have a sociopathic governor who says you need to wear a mask even when you're swimming, so you're basically waterboarding yourself. And, you know, when I, it's crazy. Like, why would you, it's like, that's the same thing as waterboarding. So I'm one of those people where if I go into a store, I don't want to wear it. I don't want to wear a mask. I mean, it says that, you know, you have an exemption if you have a hard time breathing. I do. I have a very hard time breathing and I have a number of other things. So I am just shocked at the amount of people that, that will do it and they're not questioning it. Can you please just, um, again, reiterate how well, there's bad that is? Well, there's a tremendous amount of data a tremendous amount of data. And we, we actually wrote another book that was published around August 18th called The Case Against the Masks, 10 Reasons Why Mask Use Should Be Limited. This is 
personal protective equipment, the PPE, we in laboratories um, around the world, whether it be doctors, surgeons, we're trained when to use these, when to wear them. Um, and, and yes, they're, they're not sterile. Um, they're, they're deadly. They're, it's not, you don't want to wear one. You're killing yourself. If you wear one, you're, you're making even in a short period of time, self, like even it, in a short period of time, really? the paper masks, those blue paper masks, yeah. you're inhaling fibers. You're inhaling fibers, pieces of metal, lots and lots, the cotton masks. These masks come from China. The paper ones are sprayed with Teflon, which is toxic fluoride. Toxic, toxic, toxic. And, and you're breathing harder because, you, as you just mentioned, you can't breathe. So you're not only crippling your immune system by not getting it's, – it's not so much not enough oxygen. It's the toxic CO2, hypercapnia, too much carbon dioxide in the blood um, is the definition of COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or um, I, I have pleurisy, which is fluid in the lungs, because I was born with an obstructive airway disease. Um, um, I can't breathe out of my nose from just structure of my nose, deviated septum. So, you know, these masks are, are deadly for people, and, and wearing them in the right situation is extremely important. They're deadly. It's not you don't want to wear one. It's this is driving the disease. And we know from the great influenza of 1918, so 100 years ago, was the last time anybody wore masks in public. And, and they didn't have the Chinese spraying them with Teflon. They didn't have the cotton grown in China. These masks are coming from China. And the cotton grown is sprayed with every kind of pesticide. So you're struggling to breathe and you're breathing in every kind of toxin. The cancer, the, the, the um, you know, pulmonary, the disease, the respiratory diseases that are going to be realized um, you know, years from now in healthy children. I, every time I see a child in a mask, I, I literally, I almost break down. I get, like there's so many doctors, Judy, I get so sad. I mean, I'm in these, I'm in the stores and I go there and I mean, I get yelled, I get screamed at, I get screamed at because I don't yeah. do it. And I, and I don't want to do it. I, because the number of, you know, number of reasons, you just like you just mentioned, but you see those little kids, it's just so heartbreaking. And then they had this two-year-old girl on the United Airlines. She was thrown off the plane because she wouldn't wear a mask. And it's just it's horrible. I think it's also psychological speaking, too. I feel like they're just That's using horrible. this to, to condition people. So I know yes. this is probably off this, but do you think that um, human consciousness, if you're publicly speaking, is has got a disease right now? I mean, how can all these people do all these things to themselves that are self-destructive and not realize it. I mean, do I mean, people are putting pressure on themselves to, to wear masks and, and putting pressure on other people to do these things that scientifically speaking, according to you, are self-destructive. So why is this happening? Correct. I mean, the most, the fear, the TV set, the fear, the fear, the fear, the fear, we're being lied to. Fear and anger are the two most powerfully immune suppressive and at the molecular level remember my degree molecular biology 
that cytokine storm, the initiating factor at the molecular level, the, is, starts that flame. It's like throwing a, a gasoline on a fire. So when you say, I, I don't want to, this is your very basic innate senses saying, no, this is going to kill me. We have protective molecular mechanisms to say, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I can't, I, I literally, I will not, I can't at what I usually say is they've been trying to kill me for a decade. I'm not, I'm not committing assisted suicide. And it's so sad for these people because they're so afraid and they're not virologists. I was in a restaurant last night picking up a to-go order and some man behind me um, said, put the mask over your nose. I didn't kick him or scream at him. I simply said, I have an obstructive airway disease. The mask I have on is copper and silver. It's antimicrobial. It's antiviral. It's antifungal. It's anti-yeast. It's anti-everything. And I'm not coughing on you. These things don't spread through the air. Water droplets, folks. What are water droplets? You know, I can't spit on you far enough. So they're lying to us and people. And, you know, I just... I let him go. I said, you know, mine, I basically said, I'm a virologist. I'm a biochemist and molecular biologist. I wrote the book. I know what works. <laughs> you bumped in the wrong person. Want. Yeah, I'm sorry you would prefer to kill yourself. You know, here's a huge, overweight, fat, elderly man standing there in a blue paper mask. And on the way out the door, I said, kill yourself. I don't care. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but this is what we all have to do. And so many people, when you go in those stores, these parents don't know. So I've been trying more than, you know, with a guy like that, you know, yeah, go for it. You're, you're a moron. Um, <laughs> but um, with the parents, with the kids, I mean, I, I stop myself from saying anything. I just stop and pray. Just stop and pray in my tracks that that child, that that family, that that parent doesn't realize five years from now, permanent lung damage to these kids in only a few days in that mask. Kids with autism, kids, people with multiple sclerosis, people with viral infections like HIV, HDLV1, the XMRVs, 6% of America, 25 million Americans can be causing themselves like lifelong damage or very premature death by these masks. And, and people don't realize it. And it's just, it's sad, sad, sad. Um, but yes, millions of people are gonna die I just, you know, I just stop and pray that um, that that people wake up before. I mean, look at us right now. Well, you masked us up in March. Yeah. And now you say the cases are going up. Well, 80 percent of the people that test positive say they wear the mask all the time. Yeah. And the five percent of the people like you and me never test positive. Why? We didn't activate those endogenous viruses. We didn't activate that HERV-W, that syncytin. With that, that is associated, that expression of that gene alone can cause neurological and, and, and upper respiratory diseases. We didn't activate it. We won't wear the mask. We, we trust God and we breathe air. Yeah, and and well. we're healthy. I love breathing air. That's the thing, too. Why don't you wear the mask? No, I love, I love oxygen. I love yeah. oxygen. Yeah. My, I'm, what I'm I usually say, and this kind, of, this kind of works for me, I say I have a disability I'm not a plant. I don't do photosynthesis. That's my disability. You're an environmentalist. Why would you breathe your own toxic excrement, CO2? No, we're not made by God to breathe that. 
It's people that are so, they're so health conscious. Like, so, just real quick, what is your perspective? Like, what are the two of the best things that you can say to someone who uh, doesn't comfort you? Because somebody was like, screaming at me this weekend, like, you need to wear a mask. I'm like, no, I got a disability. <laughs> wear a mask. So, like, movement. what are some of the best ways that you could, um, if somebody com- confronts you for not wearing a mask, like you're out in public, especially like, what if you're in the park? Like, some lady in Ohio, she was watching a baseball game. Outside without a mask on, the police officer comes by, arrests her. But he's not wearing a mask, and he got arrested for tased her for not wearing a mask. What's like, what's some of the best ways that you can uh, respond if somebody yells at you for not wearing a mask? Do you think? Uh, well, I I did it last night. You know, no, I'm I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to help them. I'm 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 protecting you. My mask makes me sick. Your mask makes you sick, and neither mask prevents the spread of a viral disease. So you can do whatever you want. But I mean, I, I, I just keep saying, what do you really think? I mean, for me, I'm, 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 um, I love sailing. So literally sailboat races this year, people insist that a mask be worn on a sailboat. You're in oh a God. 20 mile, 20 knot <laughs> wind. I mean, are you kidding me, folks? You know, and, and I just, I mean, it's easier for me because I'm a virologist. So I can like say, yeah, I know viruses. And that mask is like a chain link fence stopping a mosquito. So I'm not going to spread the disease. I'm kind to you because I know better. So I'm, I'm sorry. You know, is, is this your profession? If it's your profession, you would know. But on a simpler level, I say, look around. Never. Not I isolated viruses from people with HIV, Ebola, and everything else. I never, ever, ever wore a mask. Why? I don't want to immune compromise myself. How do you become susceptible? You compromise your immune system. You don't go out in the sunshine. You wear a mask, go outside, get exercise, and and, um, and get vitamin C, vitamin D, eat healthy, don't eat genetically modified food, don't eat fast food. Look what we're told to do. Look what we're told to do. Go eat McDonald's. All the food, all the farmer's markets are closed. It's fun to change. Yeah, farmer's markets are closed. McDonald's, wide open. Liquor stores open. Gyms closed. Yeah, compromise your liver. Oh, so I can can have liquor, you know, and compromise my liver, my detox machinery. Uh, But but I can't, you know, but I can't go buy healthy food. Um, So I, I do just tell people, you know, look around. We never... The last time anybody ever wore a mask in public was the great influenza of 1918, and it drove the disease. The mask is driving the disease. If they worked, why didn't it go away between March and here? Because you compromised your immune system and you increased the spread. So what I say to them is your your mask is making you sick. Sick, and your mask is spreading the disease and nobody's mask is protecting anyone from a viral infection. And that's 50 years of data. Only in 2020 did somebody come up. Oh, here's a publication. The mask works. Yeah, you made it up. To, you well, the act of insanity is doing, this, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Right. Yeah. And the last time we did it, we should have learned a hundred years ago. We learn not to wear a mask if you don't want to spread uh, an influenza, a viral associated, RNA virus associated disease. 
You know, the vaccines don't work. They spread the disease. And, and if you wear a mask and you get a flu shot, you've spread coronaviruses and influenza viruses, upper respiratory infections, bacterial infections. In fact, that mask I was wearing yesterday, and I did take it out of my pocket and put it on because that moron wearing that paper mask, that blue thing was going to make me sick. And, you know, almost certainly he got a flu shot. So I was protecting myself with a copper silver mask because sil- the silver is powerfully antimicrobial and copper on the outside is powerfully antiviral. So I was protecting myself and we've used these kinds of masks um, for my entire career because cancer patients, AIDS patients, all I've been talking about, all I that we protect when they go, they are immune compromised. So they have to worry every single year. My, my husband of 20 years has what had COPD when I met him. And he he's not sick at all. He's 82 years old. He's 82 years old. He's not sick at all because I protect him every year. I have to protect him from upper respiratory infections. So we never wore masks until this year. But I found a mask that was safe for my well, that one. I like to I definitely want to put a link on it. When it comes to a person, is the same thing that you think applies to pharmaceutical companies? Because I wonder if a person is healthy, what value do they have? to the pharmaceutical industrial complex. I mean, if you are sick, does that mean you're that much more valuable? Isn't it beneficial for you, for them, for their bottom line, for you to be sick? And that wouldn't they want to keep you sick in order to make money off you? Oh, absolutely, yes. And that's been, that's the, that's the whole thing. So pharmaceutical companies are the ones that lobbied then President Ronald Reagan to Remove all liability because we got it. And, and the data are so clear over the last 30 years that that the increase in the vaccine schedule inducing all these toxins, they've created diseases. But now they have a really big problem because so many millions of Americans are, are affected with, let's just say, these um, neurological disorders, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, chronic Lyme disease, myalgic encephalomyelitis, um, autism, and they don't die. So they're on the system. Why do you think that the first place that were are recommended, think about this, the first place the vaccine the COVID-19 vaccine is going to be used is um, long-term care facilities, you know, nursing homes. And for the mentally disabled, long-time mentally disabled, that would be autism, that would be all of the diseases I just mentioned, Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, chronic Lyme disease, those are the first people to get the vaccine. Well, why? They can't, uh, the people in the nursing home, they're not going anywhere. They're not spreading anything. The COVID-19 does not, vaccine does not prevent transmission. When you inject that pathological part, it does not in any way prevent transmission. And I looked at that's all the data last that's week. That's ridiculous. Talk, does not. So why would you give it to them? They can't leave. They haven't spoken to a human being in a decade, but they're sitting in a long-term care facility costing people money, costing Medicare, Medi-Cal. So yeah, the pharmaceutical companies want them gone. So they'll just kill them. And that's, but it, it, it's a hard reality, Ryan, but it's a reality and it's a reality. Why would you give the mentally disabled 
a vaccine? Why would you give people of color when you know, you know, what does the news station say? Oh, blacks, Hispanics, people of color are more likely to get COVID. So protect them and be kind to them. Black lives matter. No, it's horrible. A virus doesn't know. A virus doesn't know you're a black man or a Hispanic man or a person. Black, it doesn't know your race. It didn't know you were a gay man. In, 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 19, in 1980, HIV doesn't know who you are. What does that tell us? It tells us that molecularly, at the molecular biology level, and this was one of our discoveries that led to um, the, <laughs> the destruction of my career, um, um, was that there's, there are immune pathways that blacks can't degrade, can't, like a Pac-Man, chew up an RNA virus as fast as a white person. So why would you inject them first with the COVID-19 vaccine? It's a straight mRNA vaccine. So they are going to have, um, uh, you know, deficits and, and injury from this. It's not, it, and so it's like in the, in, in the guise of racial justice, oh, we're gonna give it to them first, why? Well, you know, you're going to kill them. We know blacks and Hispanics. We know the molecular pathways. There are more than one that are involved. Why they get more aggressive cancers, why they're more susceptible to the XMRVs and the, and, and the coronaviruses. So, so they should be the last people you would, you would inject that you would inoculate with this toxic vaccine. And and you're making it look on the TV like you're so caring. Oh, you're so compassionate. You're going to put them first. Yeah, that's another thing that was a major red flag. Like, this doesn't mean anything. It's just crazy. So I get really worried because, I mean, how do you, how do you stand? I mean, is humanity going to fall? How do we fight back? How do people uh, fight this? Or can it be stopped? Are we pretty much doomed? Is the fight over before it even starts? I mean, because it seems like... If you don't have the media, or the politicians telling you to wear masks all the time, or this vaccine is going to be the savior of everything, then you got people around you who are just completely on board all the stuff that are going to try to pressure other people. And like apparently, like we're part of like like we're like a tribal mentality. So, uh, can we fight back against this? Does humanity have a shot? Or from what you see, that uh, we're just we're on the Titanic right now. <laughs> no, I mean we're not on the Titanic. I wouldn't be talking to you if I didn't believe there was great hope. That's that's the value in what you do, because there are, you know, <laughs> the good news is we're all locked at home and we have nothing better to do and be, than, than, than look at our computers and, and the Internet. And we've we've all started to realize, um, oh, we're being lied to. So because of books like Plague of Corruption, a billion people saw pandemic because of the case against the mask. They're so heavily censored, you can't buy it anywhere, even from the publisher. It's so amazing. The publisher dutifully shipped it out to everybody, and everybody else refuses to sell it. Why in, in the United States of America do we censor conversation? Why, you know, if you walk down the street, you know, and, and when somebody passes me by with a mask on, I say, or they have it on their chin. They have it on their chin, which is great. How contaminated is that? And, and, so, <laughs> um, and so they walk by me and they start to put it up or they cross the street. You know, I'm used to people crossing the street to avoid me, but that that's all right. Um, but it, and it's like what I'll say if they get close is it's OK. You don't you don't need to do that. We're fine. We're fine. 
and and they scream at me or something like that. And most of the time I keep my cool, but it, it, but other times I'm able to have a conversation. And I just say, you know, why can't we have a conversation? Does it make any sense? Why are you all alone riding a bicycle or sitting in the car with your husband of 50 years? You've shared spit for 50 years. I think you're pretty much immune. You're good. Why are you wearing that? Why? You know, and so when you can get somebody in a conversation, sometimes they'll say it. If you say it as kind as you can, I just want to understand, you know, because it does. I'm a virologist. It's what I do. I'm a molecular biologist. I, this is what I do. And, and, and it doesn't make any sense. Would you like to talk? And usually they'll just walk away. But sometimes they'll scream at me. Oh, and then I scream back. I don't care if you kill your kids. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, thinning of the herd, you know, but a lot yeah. of people are going to die, Ryan. A lot, yeah, a lot of people I think they are, are. going to die. I don't think it'll extinguish humanity because a lot of people are awake. A lot of people know what I'm saying. A lot of people follow Dell Big Tree, thehighwire.com every week. Um, follow Children's Self Defense, you know, um, at .org. You know, follow, um, you know, have read Plague of Corruption. And the case against the mask is not my opinion. It's both sides of the story. So we've come to a country that is based on, um, you know, freedom of speech primarily, freedom of religion primarily. But now they go to the and, and now we're censored. We're censored totally. Yeah. Um, you know, but they go. And they're to trying the to break people up, like, and they're trying to break the, the six foot distancing. I, I feel like that's more psychological. <laughs> they, they're trying to. <laughs> they just uh, they can't track you if you're if you're close. You know, and most of my friends know I was never a hugger. All right. But the minute somebody tells me I can't hug, <laughs> I go up to everybody. Oh, I go to my 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 sweet husband, and, and you know, I'm like, honey, you've got some you've got some food on your face, honey. And I lick my lips and I put it, you know, and everybody's like, and I hug them and I just touchy touchy, you know. And they're like, get away from me! <laughs> you know, but but when you look around. None of those churches. I've been going the the last couple of months um, to various churches, but uh, my, my churches are both closed on page 219 of Plague of Corruption. I have the acknowledgments, which acknowledges how my the biblical teachings in two churches kind of saved my life as uh, you know, and and allowed me to function and and speak the truth in love instead of getting angry because the anger will only kill me. You know, there's an old Chinese proverb. If um if you're bent on revenge, prepare two graves, yours and the other person, because you won't survive it. It's immune suppressive. So I I don't want anyone to steal my joy, and in fact nobody has, and um and that's because of the teaching of two churches. But I've, I they're closed because which is that's crazy, you know, it, absolutely un-American. So I've gone to God Speak Church in Thousand Oaks. I've gone to the church in Ramona in in Ramona, California. And I go to the Awakened Church in Carlsbad, California. And so wherever I am, whatever weekend, I'll, I'll find a church. And nobody's wearing masks. And Good. nobody's sick. And nobody's sick. That's the important part. Nobody's it's, sick. It's so interesting you'd say that because the people that I know that, uh, that don't wear the mask, they're probably the, some of the healthiest people. They are absolutely healthier. We, we have the data to support that. They're immune suppressive. They're immune compromising. They make you sick. My mask makes me sick. So why would you make yourself sick? And I just, I, it's just, it's beyond my comprehension. I mean, I can't, 
I, I've tried. I, uh, on September 20th, I, I, I made the no-fly list on United Airlines. And I just couldn't oh do God. it. I just, you know, it's, it's like, no. You know, I, I can't stand there, look myself in a mirror, put on a mask, know I'm killing myself, know I'm hurting someone else because they're going to say, wait a minute, Dr. Judy. And in fact, even when I talked about the healthier masks, the ones that wouldn't make you sick, um, people are like, oh, Dr. Judy. And I'm like, well, you know, um, for my husband in particular, um, he's, again, I mentioned he's 82 years old. Well, he can't, I mean, he can't see anybody. He's sad. He's unhappy. That's immune suppressive. I want my husband to live. I gave him one of these wonderful silver, it's actually a silver scarf. And the scarf, because he has hearing aids, and the, the, he, he can't wear something around his ear. He can't put something around his ears, or he can't hear, um, because that's the where the wire for the hearing aid goes behind his ear. And he broke one a few weeks ago, and, you know, thank God they were under warranty because they're $4,000 a piece. And um, um, they, we had to fix it. So I found the solution I found for him was a silver scarf from this same company. And, and they're, I mean, and he's so happy. He just takes this oh, thing. Awesome. It's like a bandana. He ties it around his neck. He goes everywhere. Nobody yells at him. He says, oh, man, put on a mask. Oh, man. You know, thank God I'm not around him. Okay, so that's that, a, it sounds like an awesome piece of camouflage. camouflage. I'd love to put a link on it. And Judy uh, Michael, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Also, please read her book, Plague of Corruption, Restoring Faith, The Promise of Science. I love this book. She's got a lot of fascinating information. It's very empowering. And uh, Dr. Judy, thank you so much for all of your work, for taking the risk that you've done, and for standing up for humanity. I really appreciate it. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of the Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our awesome guest, Dr. Judy Mankiewicz, and special thanks, as always, to our virtues, Ms. Carrie O'Connor, Ms. Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lanisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of the Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. Take good care and thank you so much for listening.